Hi, everybody. This is Bill McGlynn, and this is the RAF podcast number 11. And I'm really excited today to have two people uh, on this podcast uh, that I've been wanting to get on this podcast for quite some time um, because they live the dream. <laughs> and that's Sarah Tamar and Philippe Wolak. And, uh, and most of you may, if you've been paying attention, most of you may remember uh, the AOPA article and the AOPA live uh, presentation that was done by Julie Walker and Alyssa Cobb. And I think it came out like last September or so, September of 2020 and November of 2020. And it was, a, it was really a feature about their flight from the West Coast or from the East Coast to the West Coast and back again, uh, right in kind of the height of the COVID trauma uh, sometime in the May of 2020. And uh, Philippe and Sarah put together an awesome website. Um, Philippe, make sure I get this right, flampingamerica.com. It's, it's, it's actually flamp America. So, so we, we came up with this word, which is flying and camping, and we kind of like love to promote it. We, we, we shortened it to flamp. So FL America, flamp America, that's it. Flampamerica.com. And they put together this awesome website and Philippe took some amazing photographs. And I, I really want to direct you there. And Sarah did a great job of documenting everything and making the, the trip very personable by just reading along. So I want to direct everybody to go see that because it, it was really, really well done. I, I, at some point, Philippe, I want to know how you did that. <laughs> just because it all worked so well. I mean, well, that, we that did, was, I mean it's, it's amazing. Yeah. We it's can come to that later. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you've put some hours into that, no question. Well, actually, Sarah, I mean, we, we both did, in a, in yeah. any way. It was just, yeah. you know, I, I just launched my website then, and I I was just lucky to, to have the blogging feature, and then yeah. you know, the work of Sarah and, and mine kind of, you know, it, it was it was really, it was really a lot of work doing it daily. Yeah. So basically, oh, I'm bad. I can know, imagine. It's, tough. it's like, almost like three or four hours a day it took to, to, to post anything. So, so yeah, it was a lot of work for, for both of us. Yeah. That, that explains some of those down days too. <laughs> we know what you did. Yeah. Let's start though by just a little bit of an introduction and how you guys got involved in aviation and got the passion. Sarah, why don't we start with you? How, how did all of this, how did all this start? Yeah, so I fell in love with flying just the idea of it because of seaplanes. And then now I do that for a living, which is really cool. I fly um, Amphib Caravans with a company based in New York, Tailwind. And we fly between Boston and, and New York right now, which is a new route that we just launched this year. And then um, between New York and the Hamptons, as well as charters all over the Northeast. And then right now I'm in Florida, um, in Fort Lauderdale, and we're flying the caravan between here and the Keys and any charters that happen um, over to the Bahamas and all that area, which is amazing. Um, Philippe was actually my first flight instructor. And so that's really cool. And Old Rusty, the plane that we used for this trip was the first plane I ever flew. So I, I really find that to be super poetic in itself. Um, but yeah, so I started awesome. flying with Philippe. Yeah, it's, it's just very cool. Um, and then I got my private in 2016. Um, I started working for Tailwind in a ground capacity, working on the dock and in operations. And I took that job to decide if I wanted to switch my career, which was advertising in New York City. 
um, into aviation. And it took me about 10 seconds to realize that that was what I wanted to do. <laughs> so, so I switched my whole life, you know, moved out of the city, uh, quit my job, started getting my, my ratings and my certificates, um, became a commercial pilot and then got hired to fly the caravans for Tailwind. And so that's what I'm doing now. And lots of cool things on the horizon. I'm working on my CFI right now and, uh, hope to do that by, by the spring. Um, doing some cool flying down here. Um, my captain just, as I was saying, had just bought a Murphy Rebels, so I'm going to do my tailwheel endorsement, hopefully in that, and um, and hopefully get my multi-engine seaplane rating eventually after my CFI as like a treat <laughs> over in uh, Sebring. They have an air cam, so that's a, a goal on the horizon. But I love yeah. it. I love it. That, what a great story! It is so cool that you decided mm -hmm. to follow the passion for your career. You know, a lot of people don't do that, right? Uh, they don't pursue the passion and then they always regret it you know, later on. Yeah. yeah. Good on you. Plus you got a grant from AOPA recently, right? Um, um, yeah. So it's actually, um, it was from the Kings, John and Martha King, the Martha oh, King that's right. scholarship. Yeah. It's a uh, Martha King scholarship for female CFIs. So that's amazing. Um, it's been super cool connecting with them. They're, they're amazing. They're better in person than they are in on all the videos that we've all watched many hours of <laughs> um they're just like so special and um it's a huge honor um to be able to do that with them and then also have access to all their their training and they've they always are coming out with new videos and stuff and that's just like a life-changing opportunity so that's cool very yeah cool. oh that was very cool Philippe how about you how did you get into this crazy world of flying <laughs> well uh First of all, I came to America in 2000 uh, at, at, when I was 26, but my, my, so that's where the real flying started. Uh, but I got into, I got the bug uh, when I was seven and I was in Poland, which was then uh, really under a communist regime. I was quite poor and there was, yeah. everything was kind of like, like very different than it is now. Uh, uh, but my father took me flying uh, uh, to, to, the, to the local airport and we had, we, there was this very kind guy who took us to a ride. Yeah, he was probably one of the instructors there. But first of the, the, the whole aviation story in Poland was very difficult to get into. Uh, you know, I, I got slightly bad eyes because my eyes are not perfect. So I was always discouraged. Now there's no way that you can do it. You have to have perfect health. You have the perfect sight. So there was always those no, 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 no. So, um, but, but, but when my dad took me flying, I, I just remember this, this, this up to this, this, this day, what I, what I saw. I mean, I was just absolutely fascinated with, the, with, 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 with what I was seeing. I was, as, as a kid, I was also into trains. So the first thing I saw was a little railroad, those were model trains. And then I, the first thing I saw was like, like the little, little, little rails and trains that looks like models. So I got super excited as a kid. So since then, I always wanted to be a pilot. When I got my first computer, it was like that Commodore 64. There was this little, little very basic flight simulator, which was basically a, a, a bunch of instruments on the line that was going, it was, it was the horizon. But I was already flying it for hours, like having this like, this, this ideas of, of, of me like the airmail pilot. And then someone got me then also a, a, a bunch of copies of the, of, the, of the aviation maps, American aviation IFR maps. Which were which okay. which when I discovered that they actually are the same as the flight simulator. That was for me. That was those later actually for the Microsoft that was on the PC. But when I discovered yeah. that, my flying kind of like my computer flying became like more 
more exciting. So when I came to America, I um, one of the first things that I did in 2000, I kind of got involved in a, in a Polish flying club because I was working for a, for a, for a, for a, for a Polish, Polish news at the time. And I, 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 I got my first three hours of, of training, which was super exciting. But then September 11 happened and I had to postpone it until for a few years, the, the flight training. All right. But right. uh, about uh, because back then I was I was on a student visa you know it's like the, the whole paper situation was a little bit complicated uh, but but I kind of didn't want to be like you know in the spotlight then so so that yeah, was, right. basically I, I I delayed my delayed my training until about two thousand five but then from two thousand five I up to two thousand eight I got all my all my ratings IFRs and stuff on CFI and then and then initially my idea was to to become an airline pilot because I was thinking that's a, that's a super cool thing to do. And um, but then photography came. So 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 when I when I kind of like changed uh, my career, I, I was at the time when I was doing the training, I was actually working as an IT professional here in America. And uh, so that gave me quite a bit of money and and also time uh, to to get my ratings all, all the way to the CFI. But then I became a photographer, and the whole idea of becoming an airline pilot kind of was put in the back burner. So that might yeah. still happen. You never know because, like the the, yeah. the, 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 the photography yeah. market in, in the US is a little bit volatile, and that's that's what the pandemic has shown us. I mean, I got yeah. so many so many so many new jobs in March of 10th and the March of 15th, everything was gone. So you know that kind of taught me a lesson. You never know. So I keep that on the back burner. I'm kind of ready. I have enough hours. Uh, I have enough ratings. Uh, so, 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 but, but I just love flying for fun. I love yeah. I, the idea of, of, of having a, a simple Cessna 172, which is the Rusty, which is, which is basically a 1973 never painted uh, <laughs> equipment, which, you know, it looks, it flies beautiful. It has a new engine. <laughs> And, yeah. but, but it looks uh, looks looks special, huh? It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very you know, special. It, it we, actually we looks, looks so special that I'm, special. I'm considering actually clear coding it <laughs> to preserve the look. But anyway, coming back to we can talk about it later. But 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 the idea of like I think to me to me the idea of of of, of like personal flying, if you will, like 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 is 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 like the ultimate freedom that one can get. Yeah. And and yeah. this is just manifestation of a pure pure life. So so that's that's how I enjoy. I'm, I I don't know if I could find myself very happy being um, on schedule and 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 you know the big organization and, and all that stuff. So yeah, everybody always remarks too the difference between flying in Europe and the and flying in the United States. Right, it's just so less controlled. There's so many. There's so much more freedom to go where you want to go. Right. I think it's everywhere in the world, really. So it's America is special yeah. for this, you know. It's, it really is. Yeah. It's just, I, I can't even think of any other country that that allows, you know, allows that. At A and B, makes it affordable because that's that's really extremely yeah. important. So, quick question: How many people have you taught to fly? I mean, I was I was I was a weekender. I was a uh -huh. weekend instructor. I was I was, I was uh, working at the school. So that was that was probably about. 10 or 15, but I never actually got anyone through the whole process. You know, it was, yeah, for me, yeah. it was it, my, my involvement as, as a CFI was, was uh, never a full-time commitment. Huh? So, so yeah, because oh, yeah, you're working full-time. Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. So, and I also didn't want to, you know, I also, I, I also kind of like always, when I, when I say to someone like, like uh, uh, if I want to, if someone wants to learn to fly, I can get you to a certain point, and then I send you to a school that can do a do a job. You know, so I can do the set, few hours and then stuff like that. Yeah. And then and then in fishing, like, yeah. In fishing, I think they call that a baiter. 
I am the baby. That's right. <laughs> You're the person that sets the hook. Right? Exactly. That's Just good. like Sarah. It's very important. Like, yeah. Yep. And, and now here's what you got. Here's what you I, got. I, I use that. I, I, I use that for now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so we got to talk about the inspiration for this trip. <laughs> so how exactly did this go down? You two have been friends now for a long time. So you probably connected every once a week or more, you can, more often. But what was the very start of the inspiration for doing this? Can I, can I continue, Sarah? Yeah, yeah please. Yeah, I, I don't want to be the one talking, but, but I'll, give you, I'll give you the arena as we go into the trip. So, so bad. But for this, I have to say, because what happened, I, um, uh, Rusty, which is 172M 1973, had this engine in that, that was well over TBO, was flying well in, in, in 2019, but I was planning an engine overhaul. Um, pretty much first thing 2020 and everything was arranged. And at some point um, we found this very good shop in California. Uh, remember the, the name? Sorry. In, Ocean, in Oceanside. I'm trying to remember the, the name of the shop. Uh, oh my God. Uh, we'll remember. Yeah, we'll, It'll we'll come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll yeah. come back. It, it, has, it has stickers on the, on the cylinders. I'm, I'm, I haven't opened it yet. But anyway, so, so the idea was actually, we had this idea of flying, of flying the plane to California to drop it off for the engine overhaul and kind of bringing it back. But then, then we decided it's going to be cheaper to, to actually to ship the engine because it's not, not really a big deal to ship the engine out. And then, and then, but then the idea stopped. So, uh, so when the overhaul was done in the very first, first month of, of the pandemic, it's February, March, uh, and I think in April, uh, the, the, the engine was installed. It took time, uh, you know, there was no rush. And also with the pandemic, everything was slower. Um, yeah. But the first thing we do, hey, let's go and see the parents, we call it. Like, I'll call Sarah and then <laughs> say, hey, let's go, let's go see the parents, you know, in California. It's like, how about that, you know? <laughs> and of course, for, it was like a wild idea. It's like, you know, Rusty was like, who was already afraid to fly before the, before the engine, because of course, overhaul, you yeah. always you know, kind of like think, what, what may go wrong? And we actually had a situation with the cylinder um, just before before the overhaul. But uh, yeah, and you can continue, Sarah, from, from, take it from, from here, because it's like, you know, I just told the story yeah. like the beginning, and then you can, you, know, you can. So, you can, yeah. You can, so one of the, yeah, the one impetus was to meet the parents. <laughs> of the new engine and that was a great reason um and then a few i mean it's, we've been talking about doing this also like before even the overhaul for a long time uh, we were both accidentally reading that book flight of passage by rinker buck at the same time yeah um which is that that story about the two brothers that like redo their cub and then fly across the country and we found that to be just awesome like book. the cool awesome like, book. right such a good book um and so and the idea of being able to do that was really appealed to us and then we've done a few camping trips flamping trips in the northeast out to montauk and um, we found a really cool grass strip out in pennsylvania we went to a, a fly in there and camped under the wing um, met some really cool people there was like a bunch of seaplane pilots randomly there there was a little like sea ray gang and there was the the lowest time beaver on floats in the whole country that was just randomly there so that was awesome for us and i think it just co it compiled all of this inspiration to want to be able to do this. And then Philippe during the pandemic would send me these like random messages that was, that were like, I, let's go across America <laughs> just out of the blue. And I'd be like, yeah, let's do that. Can we? And we, we'd go back and forth a little bit. And then um, eventually we, we both were like, well, 
the ab gap Why not? Well, we're, well, right, we're, right. We're, si- yeah. we're sitting inside and the plane is just ready to go with a newly overhauled engine and well you have to break it in anyway a couple hours you gotta put 50 hours in somewhere why not do it all the way across america yeah right yeah yeah so now were you were so, you working at tailwinds at the time did you get did um, you get furloughed or something yeah we we all kind of got furloughed no one was flying in, in uh march yeah. and april yeah. and then i had a start date like a restart date may 1st um and then they were like, you know what? We're not going to start May 1st. We're going to start June 1st. So I had the whole month of May that I had planned to be back and training and, you know, starting the season up um, free. So then we realized that, like, if we wanted to do this, we had the month of May to do it. So it kind of worked out serendipitously a bit um, that that time was was available to us and that we both could do it. We're both in normal times, very busy, finding yeah. it hard to, you know, fly for fun even sometimes. But um you know, that month of May just became completely open. We had like, we had the resources and we had the plane and we had the time and we had the inspiration. So we decided to go for it. Philippe was the, he was the inspiration and I jumped on board. And we had the edge. I mean, we've been sitting, sitting yeah. at home for so many months. We got oh, yeah. the to go. It was, it was like, yeah. oh, in yeah. a way, you know, this, at that time in, in, in April, because we really left and the idea came in April. So, so, so it's very important to kind of like, be, be very specific about the timing because the, when the yeah. pandemic you know started in March, we right. still didn't know what, what, it, what, it, what it meant. I mean, how dangerous is it? Nobody really knew. It was so many unknown, yeah, right. Right? right? And that's in April, like now, now we live with the pandemic, like, like it's, 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 it's almost yeah. like something normal, unfortunately. I know, but, it's uh, second nature now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but then, wasn't then. But then we were like, what, what's happening? I mean, I, idea also for me as a photographer, the idea was to, yeah. to kind of like photograph like how things look from 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 above when 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 uh, with the changes that pandemic brought. So that was also another project. And I, I'm not sure if I did a good job then uh, because you know at, at some point I kind of just wanted to to, to make it an adventure rather than than, than a yeah. job. So 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 I, I think it was more of an adventure. Right, and I and I yeah. do a few more trips after that were more more kind of like job related, and you can find yeah. that on the website as well. I I did some uh, uh, photos of the biggest vaccination sites in, in in earlier this year, so so that you know I, I did a few few more trips, but th- this one that one, that particular one with Sarah was absolutely geared towards discovery and adventure, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. Well, yes. you know, it's it's every pilot's dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Every pilot, I'll bet you, I, I bet you I don't know a pilot that hasn't sat down on four flight and actually mapped something all the way across uh-huh. the United States, right? And, and all <laughs> yeah. four corners, all four corners too, by the way, you know, that's the other thing that people do all the time. What if I went up to Maine and then I went down? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so, I yeah. mean, you guys, you guys executed the dream, you know, which a lot of people just it, let it expire. And the closest <laughs> thing to it, I think is, you know, I talk to people all the time that, make the trip to Alaska, right? It's almost oh, like mandatory check the box. Check the box. You got to fly to Alaska. You spend several days there doing crazy things. And then you come back. <laughs> yeah. Mostly batting off black flies and mosquitoes if you time it wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you survive that, you come back and you tell the story without the black flies yeah. and, the, and the mosquitoes. And it's a wonderful trip. So it's like yeah. stuck. It, it sticks in the aviators, you know, in the, in the aviators uh, gray matter. 
the and garbage. It's also, it's also like, you know, it's like you, you say it's a dream. I mean, the ultimate dream is, of course, fly around the world, but that's that's entirely different scale. And it's also oh, yeah. like funding, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's even a problem of execution anymore. It's yeah. just a problem of funding, you know. It's, yeah. so, so it's it's the dream, yes, ultimate dream for for everyday folks, if you will, right? Yeah, so, so, yeah. so, so that's that's, that's that, right. I, I definitely agree. Definitely agree. That's and there's really so many, so, so many pilots who are kind of like not millionaires, if you will, and then yeah. they just dream, and then you know they 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 usually pilots are rich first off. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so so that's that's definitely a dream. Yeah, and for us it was a it was a culmination of it. Yeah, of course. Okay, so the inspiration of this started earlier, but I mean the execution part started sometime in April. Right. I mean, this is when you started getting serious. Did you guys actually sit down and actually start talking about a place? You know, like, where are we going to fly? Sarah, did you did you kind of start, you know, in those empty moments? We, we had. Yeah. So the, the most interesting part, and I kind of forgot about this, but it was such a surreal moment to be sitting inside for a month and a half or so. And then all of a sudden we're in an airplane for eight to 12 hours a day and like we're hopping around different places and there's so much going on and like all of your senses are are you know uh going and you see a million things in every second and you're flying 12 hours a day and like exhausted and, and just it was just such a a strange transition so that was really funny um but we didn't plan too much like we we had a general idea of the route we were going to take we decided we were going to do the southern route um, but we kind of planned day by day. We took it day by day and, and we uh, decided where we wanted to get to that day approximately and how much you know time we had uh, for, for flying time and, and the weather and dealing with deviations around weather and all that. But really it, my favorite part of this trip maybe was just the fact that we, we like would wake up in the morning before sunrise and, and you know pack all our gear as fast as we could to get ready before the sun would rise for the best light for Philippe to take photos and then where we wanted to be during that time and then we'd plan where we were going that day and it was just it was ultimate freedom truly like the ultimate freedom you'd wake up in the morning with your airplane and your friend and your stuff and you'd be like what are we doing today where are we going what are we going to see i love that i love it yeah we we have to introduce rusty turned trusty here now that's 1973 172 model m right that's right um yeah who comes in urban camouflage uh, that's right. Paint job, right? <laughs> but a, a wonderful airplane. You you tore the back seat out, right? That's for right. the trip, it appeared. You know, from your photos, it appeared that you took the back seat out. Did a really good job of mapping the weight and balance points, the, the right. center of gravity, and in case on. FAA stops us. No, no, no. This is <laughs> yeah, right. Look at this. See these numbers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we did this the right way. Yeah. Um, what What did you take? I mean, that photograph. <laughs> from the front of the airplane where you've got all your stuff laid out it's like that won't fit <laughs> <laughs> well we, we took it was a lot i mean it was a lot i mean it was as much even as uh, as, as taking two camping chairs which was kind of silly but in a way also cool uh but we had everything that, that, there was everything that's required for for, for for camping you know like a stove uh, yeah. Tent, of course, mattresses and which which deflated. That's a different story. <laughs> and then 
there's the whole, there's the whole uh, because I'm, 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 a, I'm a, like an avid camping guy. I love camping and I love cooking during the camping. So there was a one big box of, of just things to cook, you know, which was kind <laughs> of like silly at the end because it's like you don't find many places and you don't have any really time to cook. You know, when, you, when you're on, on a trip like this, you, you, we did not have time to really pr- properly camp. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it, 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 it takes it takes this cleaning, this preparation, this it's stuff. So, so that was kind of like a unnecessary volume and weight. Uh, but it was there. So you know, yeah. we, t- we, we, took, we took everything in a half. Well, you had to take three seasons, you had to take three seasons of clothing. <laughs> well, no, we weren't really, really. I mean, actually, the first night, yeah, it was cold. The first night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That you photograph can, of you. Talk about I, the very I first. Ask you about that. We got to stop for a second and talk about that. about the very first night. Yeah. Now, when when you said that you slept in Trusty the the first night in Noble County, right? Noble County, Ohio, <laughs> at the airport. By the way, which uh, Christine Mortine, you know, who's one of the RAF state liaisons, has had a has put a lot of work into that airport, as you probably know. Oh. Um, uh, when you spent that first night there, it was pouring down rain. And when you first oh, said yeah. you slept in trusty, I thought, oh, I know how to do that. I do that in my 182. I just lay down in the back, you know, <laughs> take everything out, <laughs> stick it under the wing, lay down. No, no, you guys slept in the seats. <laughs> this, is, this is hardcore. Yeah, with wet feet. With wet feet. With wet yeah. feet. Sorry, when I talk oh, about yeah. it. Sorry, when I talk about the whole, the whole like landing and like right before storm thing and how we were like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) So we knew that there was a little system coming through, and we looked at that, and you know, we spent the morning. um, We had to go to White Plains where the plane was, and then bring it down uh, to Central Jersey to do the final packing, which is where you saw that photograph of all the stuff outside and the weighing and all that good stuff. Um, So we were, we thought we we knew we'd be able to make it um, to Pennsylvania out there, and and beat the storm but we had a really big headwind and we're going slower you know packing always takes eight times longer than you think it's going to take at all times yeah <laughs> so yeah. so we launched a little bit later than expected um so we were racing the storm system um we could see it on the horizon we could see it on floor flight um and so we but we made it down to the ground as soon as we hit the, the ground uh this thing came through and it was just dusting soup i don't remember exactly what it was but so high that we were both holding onto the struts the the rain was going horizontal into our faces and and the plane is just weather veining back and forth into the changing gusting wind yeah, and, we're just and, like and, oh my god and, 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 the, and the, the terrain wasn't level too so we were actually holding the plane not to kind of fall <laughs> into the grass and then pull yeah. the grass. it was insane yeah you are the wing anchors <laughs> yeah we, we were the struts or the the chocks yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, and you know, even before that started, we were like, I think we have time. Let's just pitch the tent. And we'll be ready to go. And then oh this wind comes through and we're like, what are we doing? We got, we got to throw this in the plane and just like, hold it down. This is insane. Um, so it was a really good way to start because it was just like a full send adventure, like everything you could yeah. imagine going, going wrong, but we're so excited to be there that we were just like hysterically laughing at the nonsense. And there's like thunder <laughs> crackling and like winds and rain. And we're just like, all right, day one. <laughs> That's right. You might as well get the worst part out of the way right off the shoot, right? Right, right from the very beginning, get the worst day out of the way. Yeah. And yeah. we were prepared to spend like, as I said, like up to 12 hours in the cockpit. So we're like, well, we might as well just sleep in the cockpit today. None of us have done this before. And 
and there's no room. Yeah. And it just continued to rain all night. So there was no pitching intent. I mean, it was just not happening. So, so it was great. We woke up, we were super sore, grouchy, but like so excited yeah. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so and, you know, yeah. did, did you, now I'm kind of a weather geek. I am a self-professed weather geek, you know, which makes it even worse because it means that I actually spend way too much time on weather. Um, <laughs> but did you like, sit down and had think about the weather or to just kind of say, Hey, whatever comes, if we have to spend three days in Noble County, we'll do it. Is no, that kind of how you approached it? Yes. Because you know, the thing, the thing is with, with the Rusty in a way that, that it's, it's, it's not really IFR capable, you know, it's, it's the instrument or yeah. out of black and stuff. And so, so it's, yeah. it's, it's strictly VFR airplane as, as it, as it, as it is right now. So yeah, I mean, we were actually on the way back. We we stopped. Where I mean, we, where did we stop? Remember, Sarah, on the way back, we were stuck for two days. Oh because yeah, um, we were know. in um, in Utah in uh, Bount Bountiful, Utah. Bountiful, I think it was. Bountiful, yeah. Utah. Yeah. Yep. And, it was near also, Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Yeah. Also, Iowa, right? You spent a. You looked like you spent a day or two in Iowa. Yeah. That's, oh that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, that was on the way back, and then one right. day in, on the in Bountiful. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So, so basically, that's how it was. I mean, we, we, our kind of it's kind of funny to say, but our flight planning was uh, was around the cheapest fuel. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. from one place <laughs> of cheap fuel to the other place of cheap fuel. That's yeah. really how it was. And we expected. I, I think we all and we found. I think I, I have gas for two seventy five, right? Yeah. That yeah. That, I think that wow. was in Moline, Moline, Illinois. Um, wow. Was the cheapest Moline? It was right by two hours west of Chicago or so. Yeah, 275 wow. yeah. Like, very cheap. We're paying here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that is unbelievable. You know, um, yeah. you must have taken, you must have taken, besides all your camping stuff and your three seasons of clothing, I'll bet you took some tools and stuff as well, right? Yeah. You got a brand new engine and trusty. Yeah. You know, yeah. so what what did you pack for tools? I mean, just, 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 you know, like there's just the regular like wrenches and stuff and then some, some special stuff like, you know, like the, like the, the, the torque wrench, but really like yeah. basic stuff, you know, I actually work on pinball machines uh, here oh, at, as okay. my hobby. So I kind of, yeah. I, I, I'm good at the electrical stuff, you know, and then there's, yeah. and the slight mechanical. So some of, some, some of my pinball toolkit I took too, which is, which is, which is mostly yeah. for electricals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but basic stuff, of course. You know, like the 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 small portable compressor for air, because you 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 know that 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 can always be, but really like electric. electric. But that that you know that that's already you know for for Cessna, that's already quite of a height of, of, of the of the size and, and and weight. So so everything needed to be to be accounted for. You know, so so yeah, so, so, right, right. Plus, so probably the, a spark plug. <laughs> yes, there, there was that. There was a. Spare, <laughs> There was a, 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 did we have a spare um, tube? Possibly two, yes, a tube. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Trusty is 160 horse, um, yes, it's a, it's 172, a, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. And so now you now you have to, sorry, you've been bombing around at 160 knots, you know, in your caravan. <laughs> and yep. all of a sudden you're going, what, 80? <laughs> yeah maybe a hundred right yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'll tell you i'll tell you a funny story from my from my later trip uh, was in, in new mexico we were, we were coming back to the to the um, to the east and we got like 50 60 60 knots uh tailwind we're like super happy like, yeah that's this is awesome and then we're getting a text <laughs> message 
on my phone three hours later, hey, you left your, you, you left your bag in the, in, in the airport. It was this one of the small airports. You know, <laughs> we actually didn't, you know, we slept on the couch that allowed us. And then it's like, I was like, this is not happening. So, so the way back took like five plus hours. We're crawling like really as low as possible. I was so unhappy. I was so unhappy. It was like oh, the same. Is, We're a lesser wind because close to the ground. It was it was bad day. That is <laughs> that is pilot karma. That's what that is. You know, somewhere right. down, somewhere right. in your past, you did something to somebody, yeah. and that was pilot karma paying you back. I think it was, it was this morning. I was I was <laughs> pushing my friend who was flying. I was flying. I said, let's go, let's go, let's go. That's the karma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me, you know, my karma is I get I, I get headwinds both directions. <laughs> oh no! I hate that. <laughs> never fail. Never fail. It's just like I'm getting so you know used to that that I just accommodated <laughs> in my planning. Um, okay, so wait a minute. You were actually camping under the wing was the intention, right? Pretty much every night. And the cool thing was, you guys said you actually accessed the airfield guide on the RAF dot org website to actually figure out some of those camping places along the route, right? This is fantastic. The, the whole the guide is, is when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, this is just unbelievable!" It really well. It really full, <laughs> full disclosure: we were like, we should invent something that tells America yeah. where they could go to fly and the cool places on the field and camping and stuff. And then we're like, yeah. "Oh, never okay. mind. It definitely exists <laughs> and it's amazing." <laughs> that is great. I love that. But some of the times you hoboed in FBOs, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wondered if that was creepy, you know, because I have considered doing that a few times. And it's like sleeping in someone's living room who doesn't, who isn't at home. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't feel that way. I, like most of the time. Um, so, yeah, we came up with the term FBO hobo as well as the flam thing because we did uh, we did do that sometimes. Um, sometimes just like the, the nature of the air, the airport that we ended up at was. Uh, accommodating towards that but we found that most of the time especially when there were people on the field they're like sleep in the lounge like drink our water take whatever we'll take you on a tour of our city like everyone was so nice and 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 at that point we were still trying to like socially isolate we were like you know traveling across the country so doing that allowed us to stay pretty much on the airport and do kind of like a half camping half fbo stay um and it was it was very helpful to us um when we couldn't camp in certain places you know, for sure. And that also, also because we were documenting everything, we needed power to, to, to for the laptop and, and stuff exactly. like that. You know, that, that was yeah. also like key. So yeah, we, we definitely did, did a lot of that, you know, a lot, yeah. a lot of mobile. And then sometimes you're just like, you're so tired. I mean, if you arrive some after, after sunset, it's like, <sighs> Let's just hobo. Yeah. <laughs> I I just need to get horizontal. Really exactly. yeah, yeah. But you know, but here's the thing: it's like it's like most of the FDOs here in the in the east, mm-hmm. northeast especially, they they don't they 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 lock their doors, right? So we we had also yeah. times where we actually we we, yeah. we, we, where we pitched a tent on the tarmac. We yeah. basically <laughs> had a, had a hand, hand on the asphalt, right under the wing, and there was a few times like this, and 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 that was okay with too. a half inflated mattress. Exactly. Yeah, 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 every yeah. day well, the last, started yeah. off, so. you usually try to get out early so nobody can yeah. see you know because it's like you know it, yeah. one thing is to 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 fly the raft directory and everything's allowed but you know yeah. most of the time actually we, we 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 were on the on the airports that were basically like you know state airports or or any of those yeah. and then yeah. we weren't sure if that's really allowed so but the last night right. in pennsylvania we we, we just like 
you know, let's screw it. We just, we're going to sleep. This is our last night, you know. Let's just, we just stay in the pen. And this guy comes out at the airport manager and he takes photos. And we're like, oh my God. Oh no. Like, is going to be police coming or something. And, and, and then, then, then we, I put, we put our, our heads out of the tent and he says like, this is like the coolest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> they were so for it. He was oh, like, I love next that. time, next yeah. time there's a better place. Like you could sleep on the grass. Like <laughs> they were so happy. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. And you guys are thinking the sheriff is on the way. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, they always felt the same way. It's like whenever you sleep at the FBO, because, you know, it's, it's in a way like it's, 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 it's always kind of a little bit embarrassing, you know what I mean? So we always slept <laughs> before somebody. Right. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, I know. I know. I've been to those airports too, you know, and it's like there's a box of candy bars sitting on the on the counter, right? And it says, please throw in some cash if you need yeah. something to eat. You know, it's like yeah, it's those best. places. And the crew cars exist. The crew cars. And another thing, the crew car is, is, is like <laughs> saved our life. I mean, it's like, and, and the cars yeah. we've, we've driven. Oh my God. It was like, <laughs> Yes, old <laughs> old state police cruisers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With state police coming to this restaurant somewhere, and I was like, was, and people were looking at us. Who are those people? You know? What is yeah. this? <laughs> the feds are here. Yeah, exactly. yeah. in their their Ford Interceptor. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. This, is, this is like the dream. I mean, I have I always yeah. say to my friends in Poland who are like 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 like, like pilots or like you know like. This like this is like the best thing you can possibly imagine. You know, you, you got yeah. you, you sleep for free. You you you, you, you the, the gas is, is is affordable, and you still get the crew car that they, they, you can just use. You know, for 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 yes. for nothing. And many people who are not aviators asking me like, oh, even even when I do like local trips, I'm here around New York City. So they ask me always, so what kind of permission do you need? I say, what kind of permission? And there's no permission. I, I mean, I can fly from yeah. here to, to to California without talking to a controller. <laughs> a single time a single time it's like i don't have to talk to yeah. anyone right i mean i'm not yeah. that that's smart thing to do but i mean in in, yeah. in the light of a question of permissions there's yeah. no such thing yeah that's a that's a really good question did you guys monitor a frequency all the way across mm-hmm. no not really i mean we were we were also not just doing, you know, straight shots. We would be, we would fly to a place and then, and then we would do some photo flying and, and it, that, that While kind of flying. Around, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we weren't necessarily like going A to B at all. Um, and it's, and that's a lot of fun that broke up the days, you know, when it's, you're flying yeah. a lot of, of hours. Um, but then you spend, you know, two hours with the windows open, no head, no headset, just flying over, you know, like some beautiful site. That's just some yeah. very yeah. fun kinds of flying. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's when you that's when you strapped on the winter season uh, clothing. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. that's a good Believe. thing that you talk about it because yeah, yeah. right now it, from from this conversation it, it seemed like we just flew A to B twenty hours California and New York California, but we ended up with over almost ninety hours at the end, which oh, wow. which yeah. Most, yeah so 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 yeah thanks Sarah for for bringing that to the attention. We actually were going back and forth circles. You know, yeah. one time, one time we had this. We 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 were, we were on, the, we, on the flight following. We started taking photos or something, and the controller asking, "Hey, are you guys circling?" <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, um, yes, we are circling. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, because yeah, you got some photos, you know, over LAX. And oh yeah. That that is some busy airspace. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are already well. You're you're very well trained and familiar with busy airspace because of where you lived in New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. But boy. 
the LAX controllers, they, they're, they're not of the frame of mind of, yeah, let's go do some touring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we f- that, they were pretty, I mean, it was when we did the LAX flying and like the stuff over that Bravo, um, we talked yeah. to them. So I, I had the headset on, Philippe was off headset and he was shooting, but they were pretty, yeah. they were pretty accommodating. I'd say like, as long as we were very direct and, and, um, and clear about where we were going and what we were doing. And, and, uh, we're going to circle here at this altitude for 15 minutes and we're going to go over here. They were super helpful and they passed it, you know, it was quick. And actually this is on, this is actually on our second flight, but, um, we have a Falcon 50 in our fleet at tailwind and I'm on monitoring the frequency that talking to, I think the, some Bravo, I forget if it was LAX, but we heard, we heard my friend Maria in the Falcon 50. I'm like, are you, how is this? This is insane. Um, Like it's, (laughs) it was such a, it's the smallest world, I swear, but it was, it was shocking. (laughs) I know I was, I was flying here at Washington state is where I live. And I was flying one day with another guy and we were heading over to the San Juan islands in Washington for an event we were going to. And all of a sudden we hear Mark Baker's voice on the radio. Right. And he's flying his caravan on floats down to the same place from Alaska. Yes. And he's like, Mark, is that you? And he goes, yep, <laughs> just on my way back from Alaska. And, you know, here we start the conversation on fingers. Uh, yeah, but it is a small world, you know, especially when you're doing these kind of things. Um, yeah. Rick lets you stay in his motorhome. And it looked like you guys converted immediately to the California lifestyle. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Wine glasses in hand. You know, yeah, right. And sand in your toes <laughs> we had to touch at least see the pacific ocean and go to the beach we spent like 10 minutes on the beach they were like all right back to work <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know uh did it did it how did it feel like once you got to oceanside you spent a little bit of time flying around obviously the coast area, coast area you got some great shots of the border of tijuana and stuff like that which by the way that you could have gotten hit with a Hellfire missile in there at any time. That was, that was oh, pretty yeah. brave of you, too. <laughs> we were actually talking to the controllers. It, 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 we told them what, what we wanted. They, they said, you can do what you want, but do not cross an inch into Mexico's airspace. Otherwise, you're going to be trouble. <laughs> you know? so, so Sarah did the flying, and I was absolutely impressed how yeah. perfectly she did. She, yeah. she did such an amazing job not going into the airspace, yet we were over the border. You were you were right on the line. You were yeah. right yeah. on the line. No, and, so, and flying <laughs> flying into Mexican airspace. I don't. I don't want to make that lightly. Somebody will send me an email for sure. It, it, people do it all the time. It's a very safe thing to do. Yeah. It was just it was just for comic relief here. But it's, the uh, I mean, Philippe's phone. So he was in the right seat, and we were going west, and um, his phone switched over to like a Mexican. Right. I have to. <laughs> Welcome to Mexico. <laughs> you know, yeah. so but mine didn't because I was in the left seat. I was, uh, I was, <laughs> I split the plane. <laughs> That's, great. That's great. I love it. So, was it, how did it feel though when you had to pack up and leave Oceanside? Did it, was it exciting again to like get back in the plane and head home? Or was it kind of like, oh, darn, half the trip's over? You know what I mean? It's kind of like the day that you're packing up and going home. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's kind of like a mix because at some point you kind of also get tired from it, you know. So 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 it was, yeah. it was definitely a sad, sad, uh, sad. Plus, it's, there's, you know, there's still so much to see. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You picked a, you picked another beautiful route on the way home. You know, yeah, exactly. there was and different. The way, the, way, the way actually we did it is like we rushed to California and we took our time coming back. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because that's usually yeah. the best. 
that's usually yeah. good way to do such trip trips. Uh, you know, I want to I want to ask you about um, uh, the Grand Canyon because obviously you had to fly the corridors, you know, for the Grand Canyon, right? This in the, to keep from actually getting properly shut down. Um, but <laughs> you had to get up to like what ten five or something like that in in Trusty to get down mm-hmm. through that corridor. I think it's ten five. I can't remember. I think um, we were higher than that actually. Yeah, yeah, you might even have been higher than that. You did. You, I think you took a photo of the altimeter at that point. Might have been, you know, one of the, the times the trustee ever got that high in their life. Um, but you did manage the corridor really well, and, and at the same time, you got some phenomenal photographs. You know, the corridor down there is one of the things that we always worry about in the RAF. That if those corridors continue to spread, you know, they don't. They, that would be a horrible thing for pilots, right? I mean, yeah. you got to put all the traffic right through that one spot, um, and that that creates its own, you know, hazards and and yeah. problems. But at the same time, it's like, man, you miss out on so much um, yeah. because you're not able to just follow the Colorado River all the way down, yeah. you know, to to its um, mouth. And then you know, the day, the night before, we were sleeping in a in a, in a mechanic's pantry uh, <laughs> because that was Page Airport, and Page Airport was kind of like big. And then there was no way to pitch a tent. <clears throat> so we found this little, like a, like a kitchen with like, with the, with the, with the, with the, with the, the job. What, how do you call that, that, that chair that, that we clients? That oh we, yeah. That, like a, an easy boy. Easy boy. <laughs> exactly. A lazy boy. A lazy, a lazy boy. boy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I took a lazy boy. So I took it to the couch and there were, it was a mechanic's kitchen. So just imagine, you know, the conditions. And then there was it had this light on. And I, when I went to turn off the lights, I, I t- turned off the lights, actually turned on more the light, more lights. So the light was permanent. So the night before we had the, the worst sleep on the, on the whole trip. And then the next day was Grand Canyon. And I was so grumpy and tired and so yeah. the photos may be great but i'm kind of disappointed about like not being more ready for taking the better photos a better opportunity to to, to, yeah. to take my time yeah. over over grand canyon so yeah it's you know on a trip like that you have to kind of manage the the, the, the fatigue and, and 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 excitement and especially when you try to take photos because you know you, you, in yeah. a way like you have to always be an extra you got to be on Capacity, yeah, extra on, exactly, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that thing outside, they can flying. So, so that that was a great thing. So, whenever I photograph, and she's really good aviator, so so I can always trust her with anything and everything. Yeah. So, so that's that's fantastic. But, um, but, but that was a rough, that was a rough day. My God, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. I just I I uh, blocked out the grumpiness that we had just for the ma- the magic. <laughs> but there was some yeah, grumpiness, mild mild grumpiness. <laughs> I know it is true though. Your, your, your brain map, it just cuts all that part out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, eight hours of bumping around, you know, and maybe making a hundred knots. I mean, those make for some really tiring days. I mean, yeah, for sure. you guys probably just plopped down at the end of the day, had a beer and called it. Right. Yeah. Like, so we, we, we wish right. that we did that. Yeah. So like we, I'm so happy we did this. And at the time it was a huge challenge, but we, committed to writing every day and and um Philippe would so we would basically our, our schedule became um fly all day end up at a place we weren't sure where it was going to be pitch a tent or find a place to sleep and then charge all our gear and then Philippe would go through the photos of the day and I would write about the day and then we would post um you know the the story for that day and I'm so grateful we did that because it was so fast-paced I would have forgotten a lot of the yeah. details yeah um 
Yeah. But that, you know, doing all that was added an extra two to four hours of, of work every day, which was yeah. um, very strenuous after a day of bumping around for eight hours and, and flying. Um, but I'm so grateful we did it and made ourselves and we committed to it. And we yeah. uh, didn't want to do it a lot of the times. So we, we really oh, didn't. Yeah. We, oh, we never <laughs> wanted to do it. We just no wanted kidding. to, yeah, like have a drink, ha- make some food, like sort of just be silent and like happy about what we saw, but no, it, it was worth it to document it and as it was happening real time, because I could not go back right now and write about what we did and, and get all the details. Right. Yeah. And I, I totally you, get yeah. that. They always say that yep. about journaling, get it when get it every day because you'll never remember, you know, some right. of the details. Yeah. And it'll never come back fresh. Hey, yeah. did trust, did trusty have any gremlins that kind of kept you listening to the engine all the time? You know, how every, every airplane has about four of those, right? Yeah. It's like, why does the radio always do this? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, actually, Drusty was really good. I mean, it, it, the, yeah. only, the only issue that we had was 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 um, the fuel strainer. Uh, the, 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 at some, in Texas, it actually started, started leaking. So what happened, basically, when we flew into the dry, into very dry um, area of Texas, uh, oh. The seal was so old that it got it, it got so dry and shrunk so much that that started leaking fuel. So basically, the, the, right. the, 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 you can't. I mean, this is a podcast, not a video cast. But anyway, what happened is it started dry, dripping fuel. But you know, in the, during the pandemic, what do we do? There's nobody around. But luckily, we had people that were that were around. There was the directed to a place, and then that place was a huge business that charged us like minimum because of the friends. Which was still quite a bit, but it wasn't like you know they were charging us for fixing a jet, you know, because because that was like a jet fixing place. Yeah. So basically, what yeah. happened? That was the only thing yeah. that, really, that 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 was that that went wrong on during the trip. Everything was else was was good, I believe. Sarah, do you remember anything else? No, I mean we we switched out the oil in Roswell, but that yeah. was just because yeah. we were getting into warmer climate. It was just becoming summer basically around us, which was great. Yeah, um, and it was a brand the, new engine, so it was time. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, we were amazed at the performance we were getting at altitude and like, and with high density altitude conditions, and we were still getting a good climb rate. And it was just, it was really cool to see how well, how well she performed in all of these conditions, especially after just a new overhaul. So it was, it made it all very happy that that happened before the trip. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. And had you guys flown the mountains before? No. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. So this was your first time. I wondered that because of the way that you came back, especially I thought these guys are smart. They knew exactly how to get across, you know, the the high parts of Colorado without having to get up to 13,000 feet. Yeah, we were were basically very careful. It's like, I mean, the stories that we hear, uh, you know, that's, there's nothing we can do, especially with a plane like this. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. I got yeah, down drafts, yeah. you know, a few times later on my later trips that I had to land. And I was lucky that, that there was an airport nearby. Yeah. You know, because, because they, it was scary. It was full power at 7,000 feet, full power. And then and I'm getting 200 feet down. That's not fun. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know? no, I know. And, and then, you know, you know, speed indicator drop, right? And then, you know, and then you think, oh my God, I mean, the first thing you think, of course, and, you know, all the people who experience that, they know, all you think is like engine trouble, engine trouble, yeah. engine trouble. Right. Because it's like, right. it's not even, there's no science other than just engine not being able to, to hold out. You think, you think it's an engine issue. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? so, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. I did that once over LA too. I, I was at ten thousand, and and I was taking photos when I was doing the documentation of the of the vaccination sites. I was like at eleven thousand, and I'm full power, and it's not, and I'm and I'm I'm out to get into Bravo, and I didn't talk to them. I was just like, God, almost. It's just like. <laughs> It was actually speed management. And I found a speed that at which actually I was, I was, I arrested the descent. I got a little bit of a climb, but it was, that was, that was basically like, it was like, like almost like glider. Yes. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Here we are at 1.3 of stall. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 Hanging, hanging over <laughs> LA. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, speaking of that, did you, what would you guys recommend if somebody was going to do this? Did you really appreciate the low and slow part more than the high and direct? You know, it seems like there's two kinds of pilots. There's the oh, high yeah. and direct people, right? And it's like, that's what I do. I go up to 9,500 and I, and then there's the low and slow pilots who wander through the canyons and, you know, the valleys and kind of take it all in. Of course. I'd yeah, say course. we're the low and slow variety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely the low and slow. And I don't think that you're going to take a Skyhawk across America if you're high and fast. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, if, I, if you're on high and fast, I take the airlines. Come on. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Because it's going to be about the same experience, just a lot rougher. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> also, autopilot click. You know. Yeah. 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 No autopilot. Yeah. yeah. Well, did this trip satisfy? Did it, did it scratch the itch, or did this just inspire something else? Oh, the second, the latter, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. It, it inspired. It inspired doing something, something more. What is the something more? Do you think? Well, after that first trip, we we flew across again. So, <laughs> oh, you I did it again. Well, I did it one more time with Sleep, and then I had to airline back because I, I had to start work. But he's done it now more, four more times. <laughs> yeah, I did four oh, totals. Yeah, I did four total ones. Uh, I don't document them because I don't have. Any, any more good partners to do it with that actually uh, <laughs> not only yeah. writes so wonderful yeah. but also are willing to do it um yeah so but 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 we did as another half trip with sarah when 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 i was going to california to do the vaccination sites but that was Got that it. was really fast i like, kind of that was like get there as soon as possible right so it wasn't really yeah. even, you know adventure worthy if you will yeah yeah i mean yeah, we yeah. still we still had like it was it's still it was great. I, it was yeah, yeah. It was it was more of a like let's get there as fast as we can and then and then work and shoot and then I had to fly back, which was very sad. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> just that kind of flying and especially in the West with all that terrain and and how beautiful it is and how interesting is just I, I kind of want to do flights like that for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. So it definitely, I mean, it scratched an itch for sure, but then it opened up like a whole new addiction that i think is probably <laughs> for life <laughs> well i mean we, we already have this idea how to make it happen so what's, what's going to happen we're going to buy a camper van and then oh, the car is yeah. going to drive either i or sarah <laughs> going to drive the camper van but the other is flying and then we're going to stay yeah. there and then the other is driving the other is flying <laughs> and, that, that, and it's that, just that, like that is the eternal. ultimate goal of <laughs> where we're yeah. aiming for it's yeah. a <laughs> camper van slash rusty Living. Yeah, just like full self-contained flamping experience. Exactly. Yes, you're going to have to come up with a new concatenation of that. Okay. True, <laughs> that is that's true. Yeah, right. There's a new flamper van. Flamper van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. 
Semper Fatting. I totally understand that because yeah, you get the benefit of both worlds that way. Yeah. You know, you get the best of the best. Yeah. <laughs> Being stranded at an airport without a courtesy car, it's not yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Too sad. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of sad. Well, the, it sounds like the itch is alive still. There's no question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the itch isn't gone by any stretch. There's anyway. a lot of there's a lot of uh of grass strips and backcountry flying that I'd like to do that probably we would need a different plane for um, with like yeah. some big t- tundra tires. But like the all the stuff in Idaho and in the north and the north yeah. Pacific Northwest and all that area like that really calls to me. Montana, I know Bozeman is where uh, the RAF exists, like the headquarters oh. and that all of that area I haven't explored uh, via plane. And so I, that is high on the list as well. We've done like the oh, Southern yeah. now, which is really cool. But yeah, I would like to. Yeah, um, that's, like, that's like a whole new world. I mean, it's, yeah. It's like, yeah. Just, just, I find myself looking at, at, at your airport guide and just, just kind of like, you know, dreaming of those destinations because most of those destinations are just too challenging for a 172 with normal engine. I mean, it's just like, it's, 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 you know, I love how you guys have this, 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 this level, the factor of like the, the I forgot the name of it, but you know, you, you rate the, <clears throat> you rate the airports, how difficult they are to, to, yeah. to, to, to the, to, the RHI. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. I mean, yeah. it's just like you guys, I was like, as Sarah mentioned, we, let's do some something, and then we saw you guys. I was like, "Wow, this is like so so beyond we even imagine how this could be done the best way." Okay, so yeah. when you when you start to plan this, when you got to give me a call, okay. <laughs> because yeah, John, John McKenna and I have the list for you. Oh yes, <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> you'll be able to do it. You'll be able to do it in trusty, you know. So when you when you decide to do this, you got to give us the call, and, we'll and okay. we will. We will put together the route for you. You're going to love it. Oh, All that's right. a dream. <laughs> Gu- guaranteed awesome. courtesy car. If you need it, you might just walk down to the river instead. We can give you a ride. We can give you a ride to the river if you have to. Oh, yeah. man. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, speaking of rivers, though, a huge thing on my list is doing this in a float plane. But that's like a whole also yeah. a whole other conversation. But like. I know there's yeah. like a bunch of places that have those cabins and places that are only accessible with a seaplane. And yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do that in the next like year, but it's, it's definitely a lifetime goal for sure. Across we, the country. We, we might need to get you introduced, you know, to Charlie Whiplinger, who's the, you know, the CEO of Whipair, um, who's a really good friend of the RAF and, and nice. also, yeah. And also Tim Sheehy, uh, who runs Bridger Aerospace, who has the Fireboss fleet. Yes. Of, of, of ag cats, you know. Sarah, yeah, you those are my favorite. Know, you, you might get an inspiration of dropping buckets of water on forest fires or something at some point. It's amazing. I mean, the fire bus <laughs> is my favorite plane. It's so cool. It's like a caravan on crack. <laughs> That's exactly. What it is. That's exactly what it is. It's so oh, cool. You, you guys, we're coming up on an hour. I just want to say thank you for inspiring. Uh, you know, all of these pilots that listen, you know, listen in, but beyond that, um, I think you got, you actually accomplished something that everybody aspires to do as a pilot um, and maybe doesn't have the resources or whatever, can't get away from, you know, the desk job long enough to pull it off. And you guys actually allow all of those people to have the experience with, without having to actually make the trip. You did such an awesome job. You Thank really you. did. Yeah. Thank you. And, yeah, I, 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 I just want to say that it's in a, in a way like it's always it's not as hard as 
for, for those people who never did it, it's not as hard as it sounds. You know, it's, it's, it's really, yeah. it's not. I mean, it's, some people think the logistics may be hard. Like, where do you sleep? You know, stuff like that. How do you get this done? Because, you know, there's so many nays to, 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 to not do it. But, yeah. you know, just, just stay in FBO, you know, like, like get, yeah. you know, take, take oatmeal with you. There's always hot water. Right. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Doesn't have don't to be take as, Don't take as much food. Don't pack yeah. as much food than toilet yeah. paper. You you really yeah. don't need it. Yeah. It's a lot simpler than it sounds. You know. The, I, yeah. 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 I think Philippe's. You're you're so right. It it. I mean, I had some hesitations, especially during the time we were trying to do it, and and really the only way that it was going to happen is just by doing it, and then it all worked out. We had challenges, and we faced them, and we overcame them on the fly i think yeah. it is accessible you just have to take the the leap to be able to do it but we're happy to be able to inspire anyone and answer any questions that we learned and like mistakes we made throughout all this process and and if we can inspire one person to do this or to do some kind of adventure flying like this we are super happy to do that yeah 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 i think that's wonderful of both you guys and sarah thank you for becoming an raf ambassador in the midst of all of this oh man <laughs> so- you are becoming part of the solution. You are becoming part of the solution. Yeah, I'm. We appreciate I'm happy to that. do it. The, yeah. the RF. I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's an amazing organization, and I'm so happy to to have started working with you guys. And, and really, it, this trip was a huge factor that played into me starting to to become an ambassador for for you and and everything that you know just. Pres- we were just uh, at a field called Gator Field just really quickly. It's closing. It's in Florida. It's amazing. It's a little light sport um, airfield and it's sadly closing. And it's just sad because places like that are never going to open again. So the yeah, fact that exactly right. Yeah. The mission to keep those open and to make them better and to start new ones. It's it's so important. Yeah. I see that more and more every day when I start to learn about about these fields. So it's yeah, yeah it's there are invaluable there so many stories like that in fact there's a great story about you know isle maine which is or i'm sorry isle minnesota same thing small town the airport's going to close it's a grass airstrip has probably a dozen airplanes located there they thought there's better uses for this space you know and and it was costing money you know and yep. if it wasn't for the fact that people showed up in orange shirts you know at the city council meetings and the, yeah. the city council members were saying who are those guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who are those people? Amy Guest awesome. played a played a big role in that. You know, I mean, everybody banded together and they saved the place. You know, and so it, it can be Sweet. done. You, yeah, you got to you got to be close enough to the front end of those things that you can actually you know get them turned around and figure out what their real issues are. And sometimes it's things that we can help with, like maintenance. And you know, yeah. oh yeah, you need your trees cut. We'll do that. You know, you need the grass mowed every month. We'll do that. You know, what, what else do you need? Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll show off. I love it. Yeah. It's, we'll show it's amazing. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for being part of that. And Philippe, I know you're not far behind. So it's just a matter of dragging you into the boat. I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think it's also important for, for everyone to kind of like for us aviators to spread the love of flying. So if people are flying, yeah. then, yeah. then the airports won't close. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's I mean, it's so simplistic, but it's so complicated. But as long as we are spreading the love of flying, and people are kind of like getting excited about it, then 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 the, the, the more chances, and then with the input of organizations like you, like AOPA, yeah, and and, and I, I think we have a we have a powerful thing to, to we have a bigger voice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah.
That's exactly and so right. that that so that the pro, but, uh, uh, podcast is helping spreading the love. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. We're spreading the love, and I want to make everybody sure that they've got the address right. It's flamamerica.com. Correct. Go there, look at all the photos, read everything that Sarah wrote. It's a it's an inspirational trip, especially if you're stuck at your desk. I want to thank both you guys for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Bill.